0: hello bisexuals welcome back to another episode of the bisexual agenda i'm your host Kit scales this week we're talking about photography with a queer photographer from leeds her name is robin this is actually the first time that i'm recording with someone i'd never met before and she is so sweet. We ended up talking for like two hours so I'm making a bonus episode with the second half and that will go up next week. So I did photography at school and I also did it at uni in London for a year before I did my history of art degree and I love photography. Like I wrote my dissertation about Instagram and selfies and young female photographers doing weird self portraiture and putting it online. And I love that shit and I really miss talking about art things now that I have like a normal boring person job. So Robin has photographed a lot of the queer events that I've been to in Leeds, like especially drag things. So I messaged her and asked her if she wanted to be on the podcast and we're talking about some of her recent projects, straight people not understanding queer art and the ethics of taking nude photographs and the male gaze, just in case you haven't heard enough of that. So If you haven't heard enough of that and you want to read more about the concept of the male gaze, I would recommend reading John Berger's Ways of Seeing, which is really short, really easy to read. It's almost like a comic. It has loads of pictures. It's really simple, but also, like, really interesting. So that is about art history and the way that women have been depicted in art as objects of male gaze. But it's not specifically about the term male gaze, but I think it explains it in a way that is really easy to understand and also, like, fun. Um, so Laura Mulvey is the person that coined the term and she's the person that started all this drama but the essay that she first mentioned it in is really fucking hard to read and it is about French psychoanalysis. I've read it like three times and I never fucking understood it so yeah I'm going to be posting some photographs by some of my favourite queer photographers over the next couple of weeks and if you want to talk about photography or anything to do with queer art, message me on the Instagram, which is at the bisexual agenda pod, the Instagram, I sound like an old man, <laughs> I'm so sorry, um, follow me on Spotify and rate and review on Apple podcasts. If you've got a bisexual dilemma and you trust me to give you some bad bisexual advice, DM me and I hope you like this episode. Hello. Welcome to the bisexual agenda. Hi. Um. So you're a photographer. Yes. You're at uni. Yeah. You're I'm at the arts, arts uni. uni. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your Catholic <laughs> college hell. Oh my god. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I started out wanting to do all the academic stuff. So Mm -hmm. I started out doing uh, biology, chemistry and psychology. Wow. And then I thought, absolutely not. So I dropped biology and chemistry and ended Mm -hmm. up doing art and photography instead. And then from that, I sort of just got into photography. But I wanted to make a bunch of work about queer issues. One of the first photo sets I did, um, they were trying to teach us how cameras work. They were trying to teach us, like... If you leave the shutter open for ages, you can make those light paintings that everyone Mm -hmm. does. But I thought, I'll take it one step further and write with it. And I ended up writing, like, percentages. Um, And it was all about, sort of, queer injustice, things like that. Mm -hmm. One of them, it was, like, 78%, and it was based on a survey that got put out uh, through a bunch of LGBT, like, people in the workplace and Mm -hmm. just in the general life and it was 78% of LGBT people have suffered from workplace harassment because of their gender or sexuality, and so I overlaid those over photos that I'd taken at Manchester Pride in 2015, and it was just... Uh, <laughs> like I showed my tutors and they were like, I think it's a bit too far, like, I don't think it'd help your grades, I think it might be a little bit, you know, a bit too far, I think you should just stick with a different subject. I was like, right,
0: okay, so I think wanna... you're like, well, now I'm one of
1: those people that's yeah. been harassed. Yeah, no, and I didn't want to, like, fight it, I guess, because I'd never done anything, like, photography-related in yeah. an academic setting, and I didn't really know how it worked. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, right, that's fine. She's a teacher. She knows best. I'm just gonna not do that. So I did the photo series. I put it on Facebook. I made my point. I was mm-hmm. like, this is this is what it is. I'm probably not going to do anything about it again and i got a bit of decent feedback from some of my mates that go to a different college mm-hmm. and people that are lgbt and they were like i think this is cool i don't get why you've stopped this mm-hmm. i was like but i want to do well i want to do well in my course it's a catholic college they don't want to
0: think <laughs> about LGBT i love that issues. you were just like being a little baby being like how about i make this really subversive like <laughs> yeah. queer project First even though i go I to catholic <laughs> school <laughs> Yeah, no,
1: first thing I did at, like, 16, I was like, right, let's do something really heavy, and then they were like,
0: no. Were you, like, a very invested ally at that point, or did you, like, know that you were queer?
1: Um, I was out at that point as gay. I came out as bisexual pretty early. I came out mm-hmm. as, um, oh god, I think I was, like. 12, 13, because mm-hmm. I thought I was bi because I had a boyfriend, but I really fancied my mate, <laughs> um, which is such a, like, typical. Like, well, I've got
0: this guy. Yeah, <laughs> it was such a
1: typical way of it, and I used to, oh, God, I used to just go over to his house and play PlayStation, and then he'd be like, can we kiss? And I'd be like, no. <laughs> so from then on, I think I figured out that I was gay. Yeah, I was out from being, like, like 13, 14. Wow. As, like, full-blown lesbian.
0: Sick. And
1: then, yeah, in college, people didn't figure it out in college until second year. It's like, how? how, do you, how Did do you, you, you have blue hair? hair then? No. <laughs> no, I was blonde. I felt boring. I was like, <laughs> undercover gay. Mm-hmm. In second year, I took some nudes of a few people, one of which was my girlfriend at the time, and another one was my ex.
0: It was a, lesbian whole, drama. a whole thing.
1: But, um, yeah, no, we were pals, it was fine. Um, the photos of my actual girlfriend I didn't end up using, and I did use the ones of my ex, which...
0: Oh, I bet she um, loved that. I know, we were
1: broken up, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, no, um, they were very... I don't know, I didn't want to focus on, like, you know, here's some boobs on a screen. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to do that. I made them very, like, like, arty and... And, like quite snazzy I did them all in black and white and like really high contrast and tried to make them as Very pretty as classy. I could <laughs> yeah like I got the projector going and I had all these weird shapes and stuff mm-hmm. and like I still like the photos I think they're really cool mm-hmm. um but after one of my shoots um it was at the mm-hmm. hand in actually so I would printed them all out um I did them on film as well so I was in mm-hmm. the dark room like all day every yeah, day yeah I was gonna say
0: if I had a dark room because my yeah. sixth one had a dark room and I feel like that's really like Rare, but I think it's yeah. just because I'm from Bath, so they have loads oh, of I money. T- I was
1: just like half <laughs> of the size of this room.
0: I had all the prints on the
1: table in front of me. By that point, most of the people had seen them, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know, really out there to have the photos just on the table. Mm-hmm. Also, her face wasn't in it, so it wasn't like people were thinking, you know, that's what she looks like, that's her boobs, that's so crazy. <laughs> um, and then this guy came up to me and he started just slating all of the photos. He was like, right why is this different to anything that like that i'm doing because he was taking nude photos as well of women because most of the like well-known nude photographers are men oh like, yeah. the, the historical ones mm-hmm. and he started going on about well he was like you're a lesbian so why are people saying that my photos are perverted and yours aren't and you're no different than me you're you know you're being a pervert he brought up the male gaze and he was like you're just looking at it with the male gaze I was like right you've wrote one essay that mentions the male gaze and now you think you know what that means also how weird to
0: be like I know I'm a pervert but that means yeah. you must know, be yeah. and I'm looking at these women with this creepy gaze
1: yeah. he was like I know that that's your ex it's he, he brought up like revenge porn I was like well it's not we're we're pals you see us like hanging out all day together what <laughs> what
0: Wow, that's like, truly fucked
1: up. Yeah, we dated in high school. Like, we didn't have sex. It wasn't a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. We just hung out. But also, we like,
0: like, it's only revenge porn if she's yeah if doesn't she's know aware. you're putting those photos in your project. So that's
1: that's me thinking like,
0: oh no, who do
1: you, know, who do you think I am? <laughs> um, but the news that he was taking were of seventeen-year-old girls, so they were technically underage, and um, he was eighteen. Um, I went around. Because some of the girls that modelled for him, like, were friends of mine, like, I knew some of them. Mm -hmm. I said to them, I was like, right, how was your experience? Because I, like, went out of my way to make sure that all of the people in mine were completely comfortable. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, he didn't, like, make us feel comfortable about it. Like, I remember seeing these model call-out posters all around Mm -hmm. the college um, saying that I need female models. It was like, I need this body type. I was like, okay. So you want skinny models, you want skinny naked girls in your photos (laughs) against a white background. And that's like,
0: there's not that much This is just giving me bad flashbacks to this, like, Tumblr photographer skater boy I dated in, like, first year of uni, which was a big low point for me. You know when your self-esteem is so low that you know you You don't like someone, but you're like, it's someone to text. (laughs) But, like, he just, like, all his photography was just, like, pictures of, like, girls that he dated naked. And I was like, this isn't... This is what all, like, weird men on Tumblr are doing. It's, like, not even...
1: Yeah, and especially to, like, put stuff out on such, like, a a big
0: platform. Like, I don't know, I know. if he was big. Well, like, oh, no, don't worry. Room, but... <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry.
1: like, it's got worry. the capacity to go everywhere. I think
0: that's really fucked up. I think that's weird that that was, like, going on, I, I guess, in a college. They, they don't yeah. give a fuck sometimes. But, like, when I, because I did, like, a nude photography project when I was mm. doing my foundation. And I put, like, a thing up just being, like, meet me, we'll, like, discuss it yeah and like a girl literally wrote a contract for me yeah being like I don't want you to use any of these online like I want to see them before you put them in a show yeah like, perfect. I just reasonable. want them to be in your sketchbook and it's like I don't think that kind of situation is happening in like a lot of situations where yeah, male no, photographers not. are like being like oh why don't you do some like tasteful nudes for me and yeah. then like having no agreement with them on like how they can use the images.
1: Yeah, I think um, there's a big thing around if a guy approaches a female model and just says, will you take some tasteful nudes for me? It's and also it's never paying them. Yeah. No, there was no there was no payment whatsoever. Yeah. But this this call out post that you put out um it was like I need a model with this body type for a photography project mm-hmm. and there was no mention of nudity whatsoever. So the girls would either email him or go meet him in the room and just be like, right, you can photograph me if you want. And he was like, right,
0: well, can you get naked for me? that's fucked up because also if you're like 17 (laughs) and someone's like oh i'm doing like a nude photography project you're like okay you're not going to be like this is a violation of my boundaries
1: yeah like it it seemed really violating and especially like
0: it's very annoying how men can like shroud their like creepy sex moves in like professionalism just because they have a camera
1: yeah but that's that's sort of where the divide between i guess the male and the female gaze sort of comes from in my head and it's like Mm there's a very clear power dynamic when there's a man photographing women that are unaware that they have to get naked until when they get into the room um but also like I was so explicit in the way that I was doing it I was Mm -hmm. like right I'm taking these photos I know that you've modeled for me before I know that you're one of the most like confident people that I know Mm -hmm. am I okay to take these photos it's fine if you say no I'll do something else Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's that's sort of the way I do. It. I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. I, I let believe. people come to me.
0: I can't believe he had the audacity to be like, <laughs> "You're a creep." I know because yeah. you're a lesbian.
1: Calling <laughs> <You laughs> himself a creep was so bizarre.
0: <laughs> but yeah, perverted intentions. That's sad. I think mm-hmm. it's sad because I think a lot of lesbians have like internalized like fears about like am i objectifying women because i'm attracted to them
1: yeah no i guess that was the first time that i've ever really had to think about anything like Mm. that because i was out from such a young age i sort of made people deal with it i guess (laughs) like i know i come from a place of like complete luck that no one's been weird about it Mm -hmm. other than like the odd comment in high school but that's Mm -hmm. you know it's whatever but from that point on in college i was like oh like
0: this is something that I do have to start thinking about now. <laughs> yeah, because I think there's a lot of like stuff on the internet of like younger girls being like, "Oh, I came out to my female friends, and now they like don't want to go to sleepovers with yeah. me, or like they don't want to get changed in front of me." And it's just sad that like just because you're attracted to women, people think that you're like looking at women in a sexual way always. Yeah. Because it's like just because I'm attracted to women doesn't mean like if I see a naked woman, yeah, I'm I mean, like I'm gonna jump on anyone. Right? <laughs> yeah it's really sad and in the end I like when I was doing all those like nudes in class I kind of had this like whole complex about whether it was like exploitative to use the naked images even though they were okay with it because I was trying to do all this work about like men objectifying women and like whether you could like have nude like photography that wasn't objectifying yeah and it got to the point where I was like am I objectifying these people and in the end I just like blurred the images so much that they just were these like weird abstract pink things and I was like this is now the project so I (laughs) don't have to worry about this yeah like it was something that sort of after
1: that I thought right well I can't do any of this in college anymore Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna scrap this um at that point I think I had been accepted onto the course Mm -hmm. um the uni course Mm -hmm. so I thought right good I'll bring that into uni and it's a place that's going to be more open and I can sort of think about stuff like that a lot more and it's more accepted. Um, So in my first year essay, I wrote quite a lot about um, the difference between art and porn and Mm -hmm. like where the sort of line gets drawn out Mm -hmm. because I'd done a lot of like more artistic sort of nude imagery, I guess. And I was still reeling from the conversation with that guy. Basically, this guy
0: inspired so much (laughs) work. That guy pissed me off (laughs) that
1: much. But my entire career, I was based on spite. (laughs) (laughs) The whole essay was basically me trying to find the midpoint between art and porn and sort of where the difference is. So I did this big collage piece. Um, I was meant to do it physically, but I didn't want to do that. So I did it digitally. So Mm -hmm. I had to look at, like... The least amount of porn possible <laughs> because I didn't want to like rifle through porn magazines all the time to have to like clip out photos. And just, I didn't want to do that. Um, so I had the initial photo that was the background was a photo of the same model. Mm-hmm. Um, so my ex, who I'm still mm-hmm. friends with. Um, so I took those photos of her in first year as a sort of callback to this guy <laughs> um, and then overlaid photos from Nuts Magazine and Mm -hmm. porn titles and like all those weird ads you get that like make your dick bigger and like (laughs) sexy Russian singles and all that stuff. Basically the point I found was that the porn is obviously directed in a majority towards men Mm -hmm. and men that just want to see boobs and vaginas and everything
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and art is tailored to everybody regardless of like artistic needs uh, for like a wider audience porn is for a closed off amount of people that seek it out. Mm. Like that's what I found. I don't know. That sounds
0: a little bit weird, but I think it's kind of difficult because like yeah. sometimes the line isn't there because you know like um all the like Japanese like prints of porn from yeah. like a billion years ago. Yeah,
1: like, which is artistic. <laughs> they did
0: they did like a big exhibition of it. I think it was at the Tate Modern. Mm. And um people were really surprised that the audience was like 50 50 women and men yeah and i think it's people for some reason thought that men were gonna go like <laughs> look go at just to like <laughs> real art japanese like 15th yeah. century porn
1: that's it like porn's more of a like closed doors like i think porn
0: is more so of living. like <laughs> a like resource for doing yeah. something else it's like something you do to get something else yeah and it's because like, anything can be porn like you can yeah. like get turned on by just like a pair of shoes yeah you know but like I think art is like something separate yeah it's not something that is it's like, like
1: an end point it's something that's being created to just be there mm-hmm. whereas porn's more of a like this is a tool yeah sort of <laughs> but yeah no that was I don't know I Kind of like I should have read back at the essay because I don't remember half <laughs> of the stuff that I wrote. I don't know how to articulate most of it, but yeah,
0: I was thinking the other day, I think Laura Mulvey is probably like the most cited female yeah. writer of all time. Yeah, like there's so much. When she came up with the male gaze, she really didn't even know what she was getting herself in yeah. for. Like the rest of your life, Laura, and she is just not held back. Male gaze, male gaze, male gaze. Male gaze. Yeah, yeah, I no. think it's sad because I think like people obviously with a lot of academic things people like it becomes so simplified and now like a lot of like female photographers are like making all this work about the female gaze just because you're a woman doesn't necessarily mean that you are embodying this like sex positive female gaze yeah and I used to like loads of photographers that were doing like a lot of like feminist art and then when I kind of like got a bit older I kind of started realizing that it was like pop feminism and it was like feminism that was very empty and it was actually just like the same like skinny like white models with like no diversity and actually not making people feel good about their bodies and it's like it's kind of annoying that like that guy (laughs) saying to you like oh you've got the male gaze (laughs) like yeah (laughs) I think it's just got lost in translation at some point that, yeah. yeah how did they like feel about that stuff that you were doing in uni uh
1: that is the lowest grade I've ever gotten anything they tried to come up with all of this stuff about technique and they were like we don't you know we don't think that the way that you shot this is completely like I don't know right photographically
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is a completely valid thing but that mm-hmm. is the way that I've shot a lot of my stuff that has mm-hmm. been praised by the uni mm-hmm. so I don't know that felt kind of empty and then she did make a comment because my tutor was a female and she Mm. was very like I don't know like a lot of the stuff she speaks about is like based in feminism but like you said it is very like
0: empty. Sometimes it's like depends on what they think is feminist because I think some people think like because I remember when I was in school like someone asked me like oh do you think porn's okay and I was like obviously like a lot of porn is like unethical but I don't have a problem with porn as a concept and they were like oh but i thought you were like a feminist
1: yeah you've got to dig a bit deeper into it some of it is
0: okay some of it is nothing is like that simple and i think yeah yeah, i think some women are just kind of like all naked images are exploitative but it's also like that does make sense because most of them are
1: yeah some of it's some of it's reclamation some of it's exploitative oh that was it yeah no my tutor um is a cis woman Mm. Um, but the way that she views feminism is very, <clears> oh <throat> my throat went there, <laughs> it's very like motherhood and homemaking is a be all and end all mm-hmm. and like, I don't know, it's like I'm a woman and I should be making the same amount as men. It's like that's the sort yeah. of, which obviously perfectly valid. That's very 70s, 80s. Yeah, exactly. And it's very, I don't know, sometimes it comes across quite turfy, um, which is never good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I think she sort of didn't appreciate how... I don't know, it was kind of out of the blue for someone who didn't really know me that well, especially Mm -hmm. at that point, me, this little quiet person who just sits in the corner and gets on Mm -hmm. with everything to suddenly, like, whack down a giant A1 print of, like, collage (laughs) of, like, Nuts magazine and porn titles and everything. (laughs) And you were like, whoa, (laughs) this is not something that we would have expected. (laughs) And... I don't know, it was very different to the stuff that I Mm -hmm. um, brought to them in my interview, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, I think they were just a bit shocked by it, and Mm -hmm. it just took them completely by Mm -hmm. surprise.
0: I think it's hard, because like, if you get negative feedback in, like, school or college or uni, it can, like, really affect you and, like, really put you off something. And it's, like, at the end of the day, like, even though they're your teacher, like, they have just a subjective opinion. Yeah. And, like, they're informed by, like, what they're teaching on the course and, like, what they consider, like, real art and good art. Yeah, it's
1: so subjective. And, I don't know, it's what people think. And I like the fact that when our stuff gets marked, it gets marked by a whole range of people. Mm -hmm it's really subjective and I think having one tutor and being able to sort of influence what you do is absolutely not beneficial to anyone and that's sort of how it is set out Mm -hmm. but yeah after that I didn't um, really touch on any more queer issues or queer art in my uni. Now it's yeah like working with the burlesque artists Mm -hmm. and the drag artists it's it's something that I do as like my own personal work.
0: Yeah and I guess that's good because it means that you have like total freedom over those projects Yeah, but it's also sad that you, like, don't feel like you have the option to do that, where people could, like, be giving you help on how to, like, improve it and, like, actually supporting you. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, all of the improvements and all of the sort of influences that I've got over it are, like, purely self-based. Like, Mm -hmm. the only way that I can improve on my stuff is on looking back at my old stuff and Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, that doesn't work, or (laughs) that does work, let's do that. And it's a bit too
0: different for it's sad I think. <laughs> It's because <sad> <laughs> it's like you would think with like I, I think a lot of people take like art and photography in school because they like want to be able to like do stuff that's like really expressive and different yeah. and not be like graded in the same way that like yeah, exactly. maths and science are graded so it's kind of like disappointing that even though you're at uni and it should be way more like experimental that it's still not like that
1: yeah no I think you should have the full right to sort of be as expressive as you want but mm. I don't know, they're not not allowing it, but it's just got shut down a lot more.
0: Mm. A lot of photographers that I really like would be, like, completely slated in uni or art school because, like, their contrast is all fucked up, like,
1: yeah,
0: all the colours look weird, like, it's super close-ups, everything is, like, uncomfortable, the composition's all fucked, and it's, like, sometimes that's the stuff that actually people like the most because it's not the same as everything else.
1: Yeah, exactly, like... I don't know, since um, I started doing the work with Age of The, mm-hmm. we've got a module in uni, it's an absolutely tiny little section of it, and basically what we do is put together a slideshow, like PowerPoint of everything that we've done professionally or outside mm-hmm. of uni. I talked about doing the gigs and doing the stuff with Age of The and working with the burlesque, mm-hmm. and I showed the tutor some of my photos, and... He looked at them and he was like, "Wow, they're they're so abrasive. They're so weird. Um, your subject matter is so bizarre. Like, why do you do this? What are you doing? This is so
0: weird, and I don't get it." I feel like this is where we need to explain what Age of the is. So Age of the is run by Holly, essentially. Yeah. Is it run by everyone? Um. So Holly really
1: runs Holly. it. Mm-hmm. So she goes by Donna the Don from Doncaster. That is her, her drag persona, and she's incredible. She works so hard. Um. But yeah, it's a little drag collective, mm-hmm. and I think they started out um, two or three years ago mm-hmm. with like a couple of performers. They did the first performance in the Fenton, mm-hmm. and it's all so tiny and DIY, and yeah, yeah. There's there's drag, there's burlesque, there's it's very different to like typical what pops into your head as drag. It's, it's drag. not RuPaul. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not like pageant queens doing a little like lip sync Mm -hmm.
0: it's it's weird like the thing is like all those things that your tutor said like it ages are like all the drag it is abrasive it is fucking weird you're like why the fuck is that happening but it's also amazing
1: yeah no that's it like he said it was abrasive and I was like right I'm taking that (laughs) so I like jammed my flash (laughs) earth and made everything as abrasive I could like as I could and I showed him the photos he was like oh my god Robin what are you doing (laughs) Um, but yeah no it's it is really abrasive like at its core it's activism I guess it's Mm -hmm. people being like you know you're not censoring me I found a place where I can do what I want Mm -hmm. half of the performers in there have been shut down from everywhere else yeah they've just found a place I guess where they can perform and they can do what they want and they're Mm -hmm. not getting shut down it's very DIY yeah it's very accepting to everyone Mm -hmm. like I I could message them and be like can I do something I want to do something they'd be like yeah go for it do what you want
0: yeah my two favorite ones were the rodeo one in the summer and I really liked the last Pride one that was like the first Pride one I'd gone to Age of the
1: Virgin was yeah so they get
0: like people who are doing like their first or second like drag act and that was like so good and I just imagine like it must have been like the best thing ever to like do your first drag performance to like a purely queer audience oh definitely yeah
1: no that room was completely sold out I think it it was fucking
0: boiling in there I was sweating so much I was trying not to touch any part of my body because I was like sliding (laughs) so
1: yeah no for a bit of context age of the rodeo was a 12-hour drag rodeo that they put on. Which Best was day of my such, fucking life. It was <laughs> such a massive just defeat. <laughs> but, yeah, everything was rodeo-themed. They had, like, a little inflatable Bucking
0: Bronco in the There was in the kids yard. There. Yeah, Everyone no, was
1: dressed up. Yeah, it was, a like, a family-inclusive event. Mm-hmm. Um so
0: they had a slushy machine. They did. It was really
1: good. I think when did it start? I got a poster. It started at 3. Um so from 3 till 7 all of the acts were kid friendly mm-hmm. and it was really good. It was really inclusive. They had a lot of like
0: musicians and stuff to Yeah, they, it they wasn't did. Just out, like, um, drag?
1: one of the musicians that po- uh, that performed is called Maddie Morris. She's lovely. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um she does a lot of music about like queer issues and like a soul and personal experiences so it's I absolutely lovely, one. I love her mm-hmm. Um there was um Pixie Law, who was a burlesque artist mm-hmm. which it was so bizarre seeing a burlesque act that was tailored towards like everybody including <laughs> children um, but that was really cool <laughs> she was dressed as a unicorn <laughs> poured glitter all over herself Um and then at about 7pm, 7, 7 or 8 they cut into the normal stuff mm-hmm. and everyone's getting naked again and it was weird. <laughs> it's fucking sick. And wasn't
0: that when Louisa and Becky, like, first did the cowboy thing? Yes, they did the cowboy
1: thing, um, so basically they've got a double act where, they're called Back Yorkshire, so... They have this little Brokeback Mountain duo going on where
0: one of them's... It was, like, the hottest thing I'd seen. Oh, my God. I think everyone in that room was like, what the fuck? Yeah, seeing
1: that for the first time, I was like, I know both of these people individually, and this is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Actually, no, I didn't. I knew Louisa, but I didn't know Becky at that point. Mm -hmm. So that was my introduction to Becky.
0: (laughs) Just writhing on the floor, dressed as a cowboy. Oh, my
1: God. No, I've seen that act that many times now but like... I've got a whole camera roll it's, it's great every time there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah their act is like a little it's a bit of sexual tension there's mm-hmm. a nemesis and then they end up spending the last two minutes of it just getting off it's it's, it's crazy it's beautiful <laughs> yeah so past 7pm is when all the fun happens um, yeah Age of the Virgin after that they market it as a way to get people who want to try drag
0: mm-hmm.
1: to like have a slot on it and then they can perform in front of what they thought was a small audience,
0: but it was... It was packed. Yeah,
1: it hit capacity in the first like, mm. half of it. I hour, know, I we think.
0: got there, like, really early, because I, <clears> like, <throat> I'm a grandma and I never stay out late, <laughs> so we got there, like, when it started, yeah. and then loads of people were, like, getting turned away, and I was like, thank yeah, God. it was crazy. We came on time. Because
1: rodeo was the first event that I shot with them, mm-hmm. so, oh God, all of my photos were terrible, they were all so grainy, I didn't know how to deal with the low light. Really. It's really
0: dark in there. Yeah,
1: and they, um in wharf chambers at that point they used red light
0: Mm -hmm. on the
1: stage which is one of the hardest lights to photograph under you can't Focus. Everything's difficult, mm-hmm. so I ended up putting them all in black and white mm-hmm. as a way of like covering up my mistakes. That is I the guess. number one go to as a <laughs> yeah. photography
0: student. You're yeah, like, no, if you miss focus, and you put it in black and
1: white. You're like, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's better, <laughs> but still, like, it was pretty difficult. But I ended up just finding like a black and white preset that I liked on Lightroom mm-hmm. and just whacking it on all of them. <laughs> and some those over, yeah. And then I did Age of the Virgin, and the lighting in there was. A bit better,
0: <laughs> but it was like packed.
1: Yeah, because I and it was from behind because the stage. They had like a
0: catwalk stage. Almost. They did. Yeah, so like you, yeah, you so it have was, it was like world. the square
1: stage, and then out of the middle um, was catwalk that was like maybe four or five meters long. Mm-hmm. So it was, there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. There was another photographer that was at the end of the catwalk. Oh yeah, and okay. I tried getting in that position, and then she came along. And she was like, "I've reserved this space." I was oh, like, no. "Shit, okay." <laughs> 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 um... I was like, right, fair this, I'll go behind
0: the stage. So <laughs> you're like,
1: I guess I'll just uh, go in the corner. Yeah, but because all of the acts were like, wow, there's a catwalk, I'm so excited by this. Yeah, everyone
0: was just <laughs> struggling. Everyone was on down the catwalk.
1: <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to shoot this. <laughs> but yeah, no, I got I
0: got some really good photos from that, actually. I didn't think I would, but... I have a picture of, of Louisa's cool butt, because I took, like, a disposable camera, but it's <laughs> all, like, wrong, the flash is just bouncing off everyone's yeah. heads. So.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, no, I shot... Um, there's one photo that they keep using... And I love it so much. It's um, Lady HD, one of the queens, and their boyfriend, Digger. And um, Lady HD's wearing a shoe, like Mm -hmm. a pointed stiletto. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of, digging into digger's bum and digger's wearing a jock strap so there's a whole bum cheat going on and that was the poster photo for age of the not okay which was an emo themed night on
0: halloween mm-hmm. which was incredible was i like, went to that and it oof. fucking terrified me i was actually so scared because i'm like a massive scaredy cat. yeah you know the one with the ring around the roses like slowed down Really, really creepy music i think that was lady hd's one where they were yes, like carrying it all the that stuff the yeah fucking so scary oh my god that's the best act i've ever seen in my life i it was, was like, so good. scared out of my mind i was so scared it for was, that uh, entire oh my god, show no, was i was amazing. like i'm having fun but i'm so scared i was looking at all my friends like what is happening
1: yeah no that oh my god no that whole night was incredible it was good most fitting night in the world as well. My chemical romance got back together. I
0: know, like, perfect. Yes! Also, like, I am i didn't drink that night because I was mm. like, it's Mercury retrograde starting, it's Halloween, <laughs> it's like an eclipse. Yeah, I was like, nice I'm not yourself. getting into any dyke drama tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know that, that photo um, with the heel, the heel and the bum. They, Yeah, they used it as the poster photo. And then I did some studio shoots for... Um, one of my most recent uni yeah, projects
0: I love those where
1: I had Lady HD and Digger come back in just as models for the project mm-hmm. and Lady HD was in drag and Digger had his bum out so we were like you know what let's do it again let's recreate <laughs> it let's get better light in this time <laughs> and yeah no so we've got two of them now I love it
0: okay so tell me about some photographers that you like. Well, I've got a list of people. So there is a photographer
1: who I've sort of always known about because they talk about her in uni quite a lot. She's called Nay. Um, I'm not sure what her last name is, but she's a burlesque performer mm-hmm. and also photographs burlesque performers. And she does self-portraiture, they're all really lovely, they're all dreamy, mm-hmm. and like she has the whole Vaseline on the camera thing, I think, Ooh. to make all the lights look really like fuzzy and cool. Mm-hmm. I photographed her pretty recently at an event called That Bitch (gasps) Bella,
0: which oh my god no good. I'm obsessed with that girl because I <laughs> saw the I really wanted to go but like every time they, because they have a second show coming up and I'm yeah. working I'm oh, working no. until 7 and it starts at 7.30 and I'm like I technically could go but I'd have to go straight from work and one of yeah. the saddest things ever is like going to a cool queer event in your work outfit oh, and you're like this isn't me <laughs> yeah. I want to be wearing a bra and nothing else <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um I think I follow her on Instagram. Yeah, I think she was
1: a couple of years above me in Mm -hmm. uni, but I know she did go to my uni because you do speak Uh, about her work quite a lot because this stuff that she does is quite installation-based. Oh, cool. They seem quite like the old Hollywood glamour shots, but a bit... I don't know, I think they're really sweet. You can tell as well that she's got like a bond with the people that she's photographing Mm -hmm. as well. Like A lot of them are people that she performs with. Or like friends things like that, mm-hmm. you can you can tell that there's a lot more trust there. Yeah. Which is really nice. That like, I admire that a lot. That like, I've seen her perform and seen her photography, you can understand where the influences are. Another um burlesque performer that makes sort of work around the same mm-hmm. topic is Spunk Rock, who I discovered because of that bitch again. <laughs> um, <laughs> they had a stall with all of their art on it and it was mm-hmm. all pay as you feel. Like, do what you want and I thought I think that approach to things is so nice because yeah like they just want people to see their work and like I know get it out there but I know that we've had a big issue with Instagram censorship mm-hmm. and like shadow banning and things like that and it sucks because they do stick so like so well to the Instagram guidelines but there seems to be so much leeway in, like, the way that they do things. Yeah. And um, so I think recently they've moved to Patreon. Mm-hmm. And I think everything is still on the £1 tier. So it's just donate mm. literally a pound a month mm-hmm. and you can see everything. And yeah. I think that's cool. It gives her a little bit of profit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's nice. And also they're a burlesque performer as well, mm-hmm. which is cool. I've not seen them perform, but I want to. I think it'd be really cool. I've mm-hmm. seen photos of them. And...
0: I don't know, I've seen him perform scene. I want to go to more, I have never been to a burlesque show, I've only been to like drag mm. shows. But I guess that's like a bit of both, because yeah. it's not like in the like theatre context.
1: Yeah, no, age, age of there's a an interest in intersection between jag, um, drag and burlesque.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's also an event that I photographed, um, I don't remember when it was, I think it was in November, um, called Boneyard Burlesque. That was put on by Pixila, who did the kid-friendly burlesque act. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, and that was in Bad Apples in Leeds, mm-hmm. and I thought it was just like a little, a little dark bar. Isn't that like a goth bar? Or something? Yeah, it's. Um, I love goth. Yeah, it's it's very gothy. It's very um, I don't know. It's very dark. It's very metal. I've, mm-hmm. I've not been in there before. It's always one of the places where I walk past and I'm like, oh it looks so cool in there, I wanna go. <laughs> um, but it was downstairs in the basement, which was an absolutely tiny room. It's probably the size of this room. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, it fit like thirty people in yeah. like with a squish. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it was bizarre. It was
0: the first burlesque thing I'd ever seen. Um That's cool that you were like shooting something like the yeah. first time you ever experienced it. Well
1: she was at Age of the Rodeo, she was handing out flyers, being like, Does anyone want to come and see my show? If you like see me perform, come and mm-hmm. have a look at this. And I was a bit drunk by that point. I was like, Do you need a photographer? I'll photograph it <laughs> And she was like, Yeah, send me your rates and I sent her my rates and I thought at that point I didn't know how much to charge mm-hmm. at all. It's really difficult. <clears throat> yeah, no, definitely it was I was, like, trying to figure out, I asked my tutors and they were like, 300 is the going rate. And I was like, okay, no. But
0: like, gay people don't <laughs> yeah. have that much money.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I sent her originally 75, I think, mm-hmm. uh, which is still ridiculous for the amount that I'm, like, charging now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then she said she couldn't afford that and I was like, honestly, I'll take anything, I just want to do it. Mm-hmm. So she gave me 50, which,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, I'm getting paid on average about 50 quid a gig anyway. Yeah which is absolutely fine. It's, you know, it's not my main source of income, but it's extra money. I'm ridiculously lucky to be paying, like, to be being mm-hmm. paid for my photography at this point anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, it's something that I didn't really think
0: well, also, was a viable option. I think it's good that you have, like validation in that way from like the queer community and like yeah. people being like yeah we want you to be our photographer yeah, no, definitely. if your tutors are being like this sucks because <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> exactly. like it obviously doesn't
1: <laughs> yeah but the feedback I've had from them like from the people in the burlesque shows and the people mm. at age of that is massive
0: compared to what I'm getting yeah. from uni and also I think like a lot of queer people who are doing burlesque and stuff like that it's like so special mm. to have a gay photographer yeah exactly. who's like taking amazing pictures of you and they're like, yeah. "Wow, I love the way I look here." And it's yeah, like, "Yeah, no." I get a lot of people
1: messaging me. They've been like, "Right, I don't usually like the way I look, uh-huh. and I genuinely really like how my body looks in this photo." Mm-hmm. And it's just nice to see because, like, everyone knows what feeling a bit shit about your body feels like. Yes. And like, I don't know. It's nice to have people come to me and be like, "At this point, you are responsible for me feeling better about myself." <laughs> and <I'm> like, yes, <laughs> I felt better too. But That's yeah, the ultimate no, really compliment. Nice
0: i really like the like studio ones you did of Mm -hmm. like all the different people and like their cool outfits
1: yeah that was um one of my uni projects that it was based on synesthesia um so i've got face color synesthesia which basically means that every person has like i don't know i don't want to say aura because my (laughs) tune was like it's an aura i was like oh my god that sounds so weird (laughs) (laughs) like it sounds like i'm like I don't know it sounds like it's not a genuine thing I guess Mm because most people are
0: like that's a load of shit I believe in most bullshit things yeah
1: that's that's all good that's fine that I can have a genuine conversation with you about (laughs) it everyone's been like that's not a thing um yeah so everyone gets a colour and I took photos of people wearing the colour that I see them as and then the background was like a contrasting colour it was the first time I'd worked in a studio for like since first year so like oh, two
0: years it looks really good I like love studio stuff when mm. I did my foundation I basically only did work in the studio yeah because uh, you can like I'm, I'm a control freak and I'm like I want to be able to control everything yeah. <laughs> now
1: see I'm, I'm the complete opposite I can't like tell people what to do I'm just like do your
0: thing I just, just have like <laughs> a vision of how I want the photo to look and most of yeah. the time it's like very like put together and yeah. like I really care about like the colors and stuff. Yeah. Because like whenever I look at your stuff, I'm like, fuck. If like I was trying to photograph an event, all the photos would be trash. Because like, like
1: the only thing I care about is the colors in the photos. <laughs> I don't think about anything else. <laughs> but in those ones, again, I showed them to my tutor, and cause a lot of the people are in drag in them, mm-hmm. she was like, they "This look is a narrative." Sick. She was like, "This is a narrative on queer on being queer," and I was like, "No, it's not. It's about how I perceive people mm-hmm. and." like, how my head works, and she was like, no, this,
0: this is a narrative of queer people can't just, like, yeah. be
1: people. I was like, this is my first impression of these people. Most of these people that I've met have been in drag. Like, when I first met them, they were in drag. Mm-hmm. So that's what they feel comfortable in, and that's what they want photos of themselves and in. And also, it
0: looks fucking great. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm well happy with it.
1: <laughs> so... Yeah, you know probably a lot more about Cindy Sherman than I do, which is something that I should do better on. It's so fun. But, yeah, no, I looked... um, Because I've always kind of passively known about stuff, but I Mm -hmm. never looked into it because it's one of those things that people seem to know a bunch about anyway. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'll just take everything I need from context. (laughs) But I looked at her um, untitled film stills. I can't say that. That project. I like the way that she does the character stuff and how... You can tell that they're all her, but they've all got such different like contexts in them and they're all so interesting. And mm-hmm. to have a, such a long running project based on self portraiture is so bizarre to me. Like Really, would you yeah. never do that? No, I've like I have like
0: self portraiture is just something that I can't really do. I think. <laughs> she's basically the person that everyone who does self portraiture <clears throat> is obsessed with. Because yeah. her self portraits are just I think they might be the best self portraits of all yeah, time. Yeah, no, they're so good. Because there's like they aren't, like, self-portraits because of the whole character thing. Yeah. So, and also she has, like, so much versatility. I don't understand how she can look like so many different yeah, people. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, I don't
1: know, it's so bizarre to me. <laughs> but um, one of my friends, um, she's called Natalia, yes, she is on the course mm. with me, so she's a fine art photographer. Um, the work that she did for one of our uni modules was based on gender performativity. Mm-hmm. So, um... It was sort of gender performativity from the perspective of a cis woman, mm-hmm. which I don't know. A few people were a bit iffy about, but she covered her back. She was like, I think "It's like it's okay,
0: everybody is performing their yeah, gender." Definitely.
1: Um, So she talks a lot about Judith Butler, obviously, because that's the way you go.
0: I've- yeah i hate judith butler no one can understand her Mm. like i understand she's like given us a lot of ideas but she actually hasn't explained them in a way that is accessible to literally anyone
1: yeah i know i like i don't know i struggle reading a lot of the stuff because it's just so there's so many big words. i've read like
0: (laughs) chapters of some of her books like four times over because obviously like i did an art history degree so some of the things i've read like five times and I still have no idea what she's saying. Yeah. And I, I just know. feel like that is the sign of, like, she has these amazing ideas, and I think yeah. she's actually failed to deliver them to people. Yeah, they're quite hard to, like, digest, I guess. Like, mm. I think the good thing is people are just kind of picking two words and running with it. They're like, yeah. oh, performance, <laughs> <forwards>, you say.
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, her work was based on. Um, so her subject was um, one of our friends, Kirby, who mm-hmm. is a non binary person. Mm-hmm. And so in that, there was a photo series ranging between like very stereotypical masculine with like the buttoned up shirt, Mm -hmm. the like the pants, the whole like office man Mm -hmm. sort of aesthetic with a little moustache stuck on. And the characters sort of range from that to like more androgynous person Mm -hmm. with, um, I don't know, like a boiler suit on Mm -hmm. and and, like this little belt so that they had a waist. So Mm -hmm. there was more of a like feminine figure there.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then On the other side, there was the very, very typically high femme, like, pin-up aesthetic stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was such a cool photo set. And again, everyone loves it. It's so fun. And obviously, Cindy Sherman was one of the the main influences Mm -hmm. with the whole characters and how you can change one person into being so many different people Mm -hmm. with, you know, with just context. And Mm -hmm. it was a plain background and the only thing that sort of differentiated between the characters was the clothes
0: that they were wearing and the, Mm -hmm. like, makeup they had on. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I I think think that's why, like,
0: queer people love Cindy Sherman so much, because it's, like, you can literally, you can change your gender with clothes. Yeah,
1: you can change yourself in any way you want to, Mm -hmm. with like, external things. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think it's, like, very important for, like, queer people, because, like, obviously we're, like, trying to be visibly queer a lot of the time, and, like, the way to do that is basically just, like, clothes and makeup.
1: Yeah, no, like, sometimes I feel like I'm not visibly queer enough.
0: You've uh, rocked up wearing yeah. like dinosaurs. I'm, I'm wearing dinosaur dungare. I'm dressed like an eight year old. <laughs> Dungarees and blue hair. Yeah. <laughs> but like. And straight people are like, wow, you're so
1: unique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I get people though, like in uni especially, like joining a new sort of academic place, especially, mm. like somewhere where you spend most of your time. I sort of assume that people know that I'm gay just from looking at me. Mm-hmm.
0: I think the Which, thing is like, the line between gay and art student aesthetic yeah, it's, is—it's blurred. <laughs> everyone's got a step to piercing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, i feel
1: exposed. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, everyone because everyone in high school knew because I was out. I was
0: just out. It was it's like that's weird. when you move to new one. Place and you have to do it all again. Yeah,
1: the place that I worked um, at first—it was a very like it was retail. It was a very like. Fancy shop, I guess, mm. and everyone that worked there was a bit old, and like I felt weird coming out to them.
0: I hate retail. First. Working in retail is like baptism of fire. Yeah. Like I feel like everyone on the planet should mm. have to work in retail because it really oh, breaks God, you down. <laughs> <laughs> but like
1: initially, like everyone's everyone in there was nice. Everyone mm. was perfectly fine. Wow. But there was such a generational gap mm. that like. I knew, I knew that they didn't look at me, and they were like, right, that's that's a gay person. <laughs> yeah. Because I wasn't, like, like... I'm very femme-present in any way.
0: Yeah.
1: But, I don't know, because I wasn't, like, the most stone-butch lesbian I could physically be, they weren't like, oh, that's Even gay if you person. were, they'd just be
0: like, oh, do you like rugby? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, and then the place that I work now, the first week I started, I was like, oh, my girlfriend, my girlfriend, this, my girlfriend, that, I'm gay. <laughs> and that sort of...
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's double hard when you're bi because yeah. even if you keep saying my girlfriend then they just think you're lesbian yeah and exactly. then you're like okay i'm not a lesbian but yeah i know i guess it's it i guess it's more like black and white
1: being a lesbian like being mm. being bisexual you know
0: you're ashamed yeah, just straight suck. or gay mm. <laughs> Okay, so tell me your bisexual agenda. Your lesbian agenda. My lesbian agenda. It's queer agenda in general. Yeah. Okay, first one more
1: queer spaces that aren't like driven by alcohol. Mm, yeah. Because there's lots of gay clubs, that there's not like. There's not any sweet little queer coffee shops or anything. Mm, there is.
0: There's, there's flamingos. flamingos. <laughs> we need more than We one. need more flamingos in the world. <laughs> yeah. Did you do dry January?
1: Um, I didn't know. I don't really drink that much.
0: Yeah, I did dry January, but I don't normally drink that much. But yeah. basically, I find drinking in the winter very depressing. Drinking in the summer, I'm like, this is lovely. <laughs> I'm having a beer outside. And in the winter, I'm like, I want to have 10 tequila shots and ruin my life. <laughs> so I just thought I would stop for a month. Yeah. And it was good. It was really easy because I did not go outside really.
1: I'm such a lightweight anyway, it takes me like two drinks to just feel a little bit weird. No, nah, I'm too much of a lightweight. It's like if I go out I can have one drink and be fine.
0: Yeah, I have like a three drink rule, but it's got to the point where I can get a hangover from like two drinks. Oh. So it's just like there's no point. Just drink tea. Drink tea I'm <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what's number two? Number two is more
1: queer art. Mm-hmm. Because academic places don't like queer art. I've spoken about this a lot. I know that now. (laughs) Yeah, more queer art and bigger focus on queer art created by queer people. Because a lot of the queer art that sort of is recognised isn't usually made by queer people. Mm -hmm. I've seen quite a lot of that.
0: Yeah, or if, like, a queer artist is exhibited in a more mainstream gallery, they won't include narratives about queerness, even if it's, like, central to the work. Like, I think a lot of stuff gets missed out when they don't have, like, information about artworks in galleries, because I think a lot of it is just, like, oh, you've just got to look at it and take whatever meaning you like. But it's, like, often there's quite a deep history behind certain artworks that are, like, really political, so when they leave them out, it's just, like... Great. Now no one's gonna understand yeah, what it's There's about. a lot of context as well. It's like that thing in
1: history that's like, oh, these two women live together
0: and yeah. they wrote romance <laughs>
1: poems to each other. They were
0: life-long they were just, friends. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: nah, more queer art. More queer art that's recognised as queer art that's not just two people being friends.
0: I agree. And do you have a third one?
1: More weird haircuts.
0: Okay. I got my haircut three days ago and I was like, I hate it. But today I'm like, okay, it's okay. Yeah, and I like last week, I said to my girlfriend,
1: I was like, right, I'm just off a meltdown. I want a mullet. I
0: want a mullet right (laughs) now. All the gays are like loving the mullet and (laughs) I I do not understand it. I think I don't, I don't get it. I'm like, I appreciate it, but I don't get it. I prefer like the shaved head (laughs) gay look. See,
1: she was like... I'm not giving you a mullet, you'll hate it. And I would. I've got a round face, I'd hate it.
0: <laughs> but um, She's supported yeah. you supported you. I've got I got a decent haircut. <laughs> I end up dying my hair literally every Mercury retrograde. Like, every time I book a haircut, I'm like, oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I go through these weird, like, time phases of dyeing my hair different colours. It always ends up being, like, just before October, I dye my hair green. Um, and that's, like, my Halloween excuse. And then it gets, like, it gets to be months and months. And I'm like, right, this isn't it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I go back to red. <laughs>
0: I really want my hair to be, like, dark lavender, but I also do not want to bleach my hair, so my hairdresser was like, well, you can't have one without that, (laughs) so I was like, okay, we'll forget about it. (laughs) I just, like, in my head, I'm way more edgy than I actually am. It's fine. Edgy isn't a thing. (laughs) Mm, I just wish I could be cool, but I'm just not, and that's okay. It's all subjective. (laughs) I just have boring straight girl hair, but that's life okay I think we have time for the tarot we can do like a past present future or you can just pick one card and we'll see if it fits
1: it depends I usually do past present future mm. but it is up to you
0: that's the classic we can do one and see if it makes any sense and if it doesn't <laughs> then we can do three
1: I did a romantic reading once and um found out that I'm going to be extremely codependent and in a financially dependent relationship oh. and then I put my cards back and didn't touch them again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't out me like that. Okay. Oh, I messed up okay. the deck. The world. Oh, schnozzy. I'm excited. I love the, like, art on these. Yeah, I already
0: like this one. I'm going to go for this one because it's got a hair on it. <laughs> oh, <Lindsay. laughs> Okay, Um, I'm going to have to do some reading now, so let me pause it. Okay, so the first one you've picked is The World, and she's saying, we've arrived at the end of the Fool's journey through the Major Arcana, so this is the last card in the Major Arcana. This project phase of your life or even relationship is done, and that's a good thing. There's a feeling of peace and serenity as you move forward into the next phase of your life. The world sees you satisfied, stronger, and wiser as you forge your next path. And it's saying, it's time for you to see what else is out there and explore what you haven't experienced yet. But how can Mm -hmm. that be your past?
1: Maybe putting it in a a mind frame of, like, in the past. It's like, past me was ready to do some new stuff. Mm,
0: True. Yeah, it says, the world is about finding or creating your own world for the first time. And, like, finding your... This is, like, a queer tarot book, so it's about, Mm -hmm. like, finding your, like, queer community and people who, like, accept you for who you are
1: that applies a lot that's
0: beautiful number two nine of pentacles pentacles i see as like the earth sign cards and you're a mm, taurus yeah. right <laughs> yeah pentacles are basically about money and like being a boss bitch most of the time okay yeah this is one rosie got when she was here this uh, is the one that's about like living in luxury and going to a spa i wish <laughs> So it says, a card of luxury, the Nine of Pentacles, shows us rising to a prosperous state and offers us a chance to look around, smell the roses, and be grateful. Oh, I'm prospering. Basically, <laughs> this card is about, like, appreciating how far you've come and, like, realizing that even if you haven't achieved everything you want to achieve so far, you need to appreciate what you've done and, like, realize how good that is. Yeah, I get that. And be nice to yourself. <laughs> and it says, like, you have avoided burnout. And you're balancing things well. Does that? Your face Dad doesn't apply. I'm very burnt out. you
1: like, I photographed three naked. things in two days. Yeah, okay, that's
0: crazy. Okay, so maybe you need some time to rest. She says, yeah. look how much work you've done. Great job. Now rest. Yeah, she says, like, basically queer people have a really hard time, like, taking time off.
1: Yeah. Okay. What is that? Okay,
0: three of ones.
1: I'm not used to this art
0: style. I really like it. It's taken me a while to, like, figure out It just means that there's, like, no narrative on the cards, though, yeah. so you can't really do it without a book. Okay, so this one is, like, done as a three, so it's the two, three, and four of wands, so I'll just see what's relevant. The three of wands is about preparation and expansion. If someone asks about business and gets a two, it's time to plan for the future from where you are now. The three, then, is time to enact plans for expansion while looking at a five-year or ten-year plan. If you're asking about romance or family, three indicates that it may be time to take the first step towards the future together. And it says group work is well aspected with threes in general, and the ones are very often indicative of creative pursuits. Yeah, it's just about enacting plans. Yeah. Putting stuff in place. All of your stuff has been about planning, essentially. But you also need to rest. Mm. You need to rest right now. I'll plan a rest. Plan in the future. <laughs> I feel like I'm very good at being lazy. I watched two films yesterday.
1: See, I think that I'm good at being lazy, and then I like, I don't know. I feel like me photographing is my downtime, and then people mm. are like, no, it isn't. You are working.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's hard to like separate things when you're doing,
1: especially because I'm working in work. something that I enjoy as well.
0: Yeah, what if it, it gives you energy rather than taking yeah. energy away, yeah. then I always leave things
1: feeling better about it, and I think that's Mm. one
0: of the reasons why it doesn't feel like work. Beautiful. I feel like that's a nice set to get. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. Just have a chill time, and everything's going to come together. Great. I'm happy because I haven't given anyone, like, a depressing reading yet. Good. I'm always (laughs) worried for the day that it's going to be, like, death, the tower.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I tried to read my mum's cards once, and all of them were just not, like... They were the ones that, like, when you actually explain them sound okay. But
0: oh, when you but look yeah, at when the you pull spread, them out. it's not good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, there was the death
0: one. I'm pretty sure um, the devil came up as well. I think everyone has a card that they hate the most. Yeah. Like, I'm always scared when I get the tower, because that basically means, like, whatever you think is stable is about to get, like, destroyed and tumbled yeah. down, and you're just going to have to start from the beginning again. <laughs> and I'm like... Oh no. (laughs) Thank you for letting me interpret your life. That's okay. Thank you for interpreting my life.